0: us into the presence of the Lord tonight. Praise God. Good singing tonight. Amen. All right. I'm going to share a few things with you tonight and uh, we're going to wrap this uh, series. Uh, We've been uh, talking about prayer for the last, oh gosh, this is, I believe, be the eighth, um, the eighth message on the Lord's Prayer, and so we're going to wrap this up tonight, all right? I think last week, maybe I said that last week was the last one, but I misspoke. I do that sometimes, all right, occasionally, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but we do want to wrap it up tonight, and, and I hope <clears throat> that these, uh, these lessons, these messages on the model prayer, the Lord's Prayer, have, uh, have helped have helped us to um, uh, have a greater desire to pray, to be be men and women of prayer, to seek the face of the Lord, and um, you know we've got to. Um, God wants us, I, and I believe that I really believe that the Lord is calling us to uh, calling His church to prayer. So um, praise God. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna finish this up tonight, and. Uh, so, You can open your Bibles to St. Matthew uh, chapter 6. I'm just going to read one verse from there, but I'm going to read, first of all, you don't have to turn to Luke chapter 1, but in Luke, I'm sorry, Luke chapter 11 and verse 1. But remember, Jesus said, or the disciples came to Jesus and asked Him, said to Him, Lord, teach us to pray. And in Luke 11, Jesus then, in, the, in, in an answer in response to their request, gave them the model prayer that we also find in Matthew's gospel, chapter six. There's a little bit of little variation, a little bit of difference, but not much. But um, anyway, this model prayer, as we've said, was given in response to the disciples and their request for the Lord to teach them to pray. And um, we we need Jesus to teach us to pray, not just how to pray, but to pray. Period. To pray, Lord, teach us to be men and women of prayer. And so Jesus, as we've been talking about, gave us this model, these topics, this prayer pattern for us to uh, to pattern our prayer time by. It's not something we pray by rote. It's not something we just read through or recite. And uh, but, it's, but, it, but it does give us a basis for our prayer time. And uh, I handed out some outlines uh, last Wednesday night to kind of just be a reminder to y'all what we've taught on in the past uh, seven weeks, this being the eighth week. But tonight, we want to focus on that, thir- uh, that 14th verse, I'm sorry, the 13th verse, the latter part of the 13th verse. And in verse 13, and we're in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus said this, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We've covered that part of the prayer. But here's the closing of it. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. That's the the way that He closes it out. Somebody said, well, it's not a New Testament prayer because... Um, because it's not prayed in the name of Jesus. Well, we add the name. Jesus said after He went to the Father, then we would go to the Father in His name. He hadn't, he hadn't been crucified yet. He hadn't been resurrected yet. But uh, we know we've already covered that, haven't we? Praying to the Father in the name of Jesus. But this is the conclusion of the prayer, and it's returning back to Praise. And there's something that we notice about this prayer pattern. And I've mentioned this before, but it's so important. And that is that the Lord's Prayer opens and closes with praise. And I've said this before. It's kind of like I like to refer to it as a prayer sandwich. Amen? It's kind of like a prayer sandwich. It opens with praise and it closes with praise. And you got a whole lot of good stuff in the middle, in between. But it does open and close with praise. And so that tells us something about prayer, is that a lot of our prayer, a lot of prayer, is, and our prayer time is made up of praise and worship. We come into the presence of the Father with worship, hallowing the name of, of the Father. We make our petitions. We pray the will of God. We pray and intercede. We go through the, the prayer topics that Jesus lifted, listed here and then we close our time of prayer out by going back to praise and worship and thanksgiving unto the Lord. Uh, and I tell you what, that's, that's how um, God answers prayer and responds to prayer that is, that is given with praise and thanksgiving. Can you say amen? amen. Now, um, regular worship and praise is so important to the life of of the believer, to all of us because I believe that if we live a lifestyle and we should live a lifestyle of worship and praise because that will give us, it will give you and a supernatural energy that that is very vital and very important in our life to the victory that we live and to victory that we walk in. It's hard for an individual... To, be, uh, to live a life of praise and walk in defeat at the same time. Are you with me? I want to say that again because it's so important. It's hard for you and I to walk and live a life of praise and, and worship and live in defeat at the same time because praise just automatically, supernaturally energizes us and brings us into a place and a walk in in victory in our life. So we need to uh, learn how to let our hearts go out to God in praise and in worship and in thanksgiving. That is so important in our, our daily walk with the Lord. We need to learn how to magnify the Lord and exalt the Lord for everything that He's done for us, to give thanks to Him. You know, I mean, I, there's no way that you or I could ever thank Him enough for what He has already done for us and what He does for us and in our lives on a regular daily basis. Amen? We, he, he's deserving of all of our praise. And so the Scriptures tell us that we're to praise God with our lips, with our mouth, we're to praise Him and give thanks to Him for all of His benefits in our life. And there are, there are different levels of praise. There's different levels of worship. You can go through the, uh, the Old Testament and do a study on worship, and that would be a, a whole nother teaching all in itself. But there are, uh, are, are several Hebrew words, different Hebrew words that are used in the Old Testament for praise and for worship, that that show us how we're to worship. Um, there's there's a word, a halal, that's used in the Old Testament, a Hebrew word that means that talks about vigorously praising the Lord, and and it talks about cel- how we celebrate the Lord. Uh, there's another word that talks about how that we are to bless the Lord and declare God to be the origin of power and success. And uh, a word that also refers to us praising Him in quietness and stillness. And there is a time just to get before the Lord. And uh, as it says over here, be still and know that I am God. And just to be in His presence, worshiping Him in stillness and quietness. There's time. There's times in my prayer life in... Uh, uh, you know, when I'm alone with the Lord, there's times that the Holy Ghost will move on me, and I'll get maybe get a little bit loud if I'm here in the church by myself. You know, but then there's a lot of times that I'm just quietly worshiping the Lord in a whisper. And you know what? He can hear the whisper just as much as he can hear me praising Him with a loud voice. But um, there's 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 so many different ways. One of the Hebrew words that is used for worship and praise in the Old Testament actually means to, it's the word uh, Toda and the word Yada. Those two words refer to extending the hands in thanksgiving and in praise. To worship, Yada means to worship with extended hands. And so the lifting up of our hands, I, I try to encourage people to do that. I shouldn't have to encourage people to do that. It should be something that we just do automatically when we're worshiping. Worshiping corporately, or when we're worshiping and praising God um, privately on our own, that we lift our hands to the Lord in worship and in praise. That is not just a Pentecostal fad. Yeah. Amen when I, you know, it, it was it was the hardest thing for me to do when I first got saved and, and as a new believer and not, you know, of course I'd been around Pentecostals all my life but when I first got saved it was the hardest thing. I wanted so bad to raise my hands but it was just something like it was just hard to do, you know, and I get them up here but oh, you know what it, it, after a while, after a while, I mean i just, it, it's easy, just get them up there and praise the Lord and lift our hands and praise the Lord but the Bible teaches tells us in Psalm 134, I believe it is, uh, it says to lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. The Bible tells us to, uh, David said, let my prayer be as incense before you and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Paul said and told Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 2, he told Timothy that men ought to pray everywhere lifting up holy hands without wrath and without doubting. So, so, so part of our worship includes lifting our hands and worshiping the Lord in praise and worship. But there's another Hebrew word that's, uh, that's called zamar. And uh, the, I love that word because that word for worship and pr- praise has to do with the instruments, with musical instruments. And it, uh, it means to pluck the strings of an instrument or to praise Him with a song and uh, to worship Him with music and with singing. That's why we have music and that's why we sing. It's not to entertain anybody. Amen. We're not here to put on a concert for anybody. We're not here to be entertainment, but we're here, our worship team's up here to lead you in, uh, with the music and with the singing to lead us in worship to God with music and with singing. Amen. Amen. Oh, I tell you what I like to get. I like to get in my prayer closet and then I think, what did we do before? We had iPhones, you know, with our iTunes and all that. We can put on some good worship music and, and pray and worship the Lord right there in our prayer closet and our prayer time at the house. But, the, but that uh, that is a word that's used for worship that has to do with music. And so I'm glad I belong to a church that believes in music. Some don't. But I'm glad we believe in music here at Abundant Life Family Church. So anyway, that's just some things that the Bible teaches about worship. And uh, it stresses the fact that we are to worship God on a continual basis. We're to praise Him all the time, all the time. Now, after we have brought our petitions to God, uh, Jesus teaches us here that we are to return back to praise and in, in this closing part of the Lord's Prayer, where He says, For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Um, he, is, he is here. God is inviting us to become participants with Him in His kingdom and in His power and in His glory. And I think that's an awesome thing. And, you know, when you think about praise, when... Are you supposed to praise God? I know we've said at the beginning of your prayer you open with praise and then at the end of your prayer you close with praise and uh, make that prayer sandwich. But according to the Bible, when we're in our prayer closet is really not the only time that we're supposed to be praising the Lord. The Bible tells us that we are to uh, praise the Lord continually. David said in Psalm 34, he said, I will bless the Lord at all times, and His praise shall continually be where? In my mouth. I know some people say, oh, I'm praising Him in my heart, and that's good, and I do that. I you know, I'll go through Walmart sometimes. If you ever see me in Walmart, which is a rarity... But if you ever see me in Walmart and I'm walking down the aisle and my lips are moving like I'm talking to myself, I'm not. I'm just thanking the Lord and praising the Lord and believing the Lord to get me through Walmart without any issues. (laughs) Amen. But uh, we're to praise Him continually. David said, I'm going to bless Him with my lips and His praise will be in my mouth. And Paul said, and uh, you know, the writer of Hebrews, he told us in Hebrews chapter 13, he said that we are to offer the sacrifice. Of praise unto God continually, the fruit of our lips giving thanks to His name. So the scripture tells us that we're to praise the Lord, not just in our prayer time. Praise the Lord, not just when we come to church, but we're to praise the Lord. We're to have a praise going on all the time in our life. No matter what our situation is or what our circumstances are, we're to always be praising the Lord. Amen? Hallelujah. I believe that we need to praise the Lord when we're not going through any storms, when we're on the mountaintop, when we're not having any problems or any trouble. And I know somebody's probably saying, "Whoa, that ain't me. But there's times when you go through, when you're going through a good time and you're not having any storms and the sun is shining and the blessings of God are falling. I think when you're going through times like that and God's being real good to you and the devil seems like he's a million miles away, I believe it'd be good just to spend time praising the Lord when you're not in any storms of life. But then on the other hand, you know, I believe we are to praise God when we are in the midst of storms. When we are going through our trials and tests. Paul said this in 1 Thessalonians 5. He said for us to... He said... And this listen, this is a command that he said, "...in everything give thanks." For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. That means that we're to give thanks to the Lord and praise Him in the good times as well as the bad times. When we've got everything going right and when everything's not going right, And uh, I know you all know all this. and, And people people probably saying, Brother Rick, you've talked about this before. Can we move on to something else? Well, maybe we need to get this first. Amen. When we get this first, then uh, we move on. But but you know what I'm talking about. You know Paul and Silas, they were able to praise the Lord in the Philippian jail when their backs were bleeding and in the midst of that of the sewage and the vermin that was there in that in that terrible prison cell in the darkness of that prison. They were bound up there backs bleeding, feet and hands in the stocks but in the midst of all that good time to quit, good time to give up, a a perfect opportunity for them to complain but instead the Bible said that they prayed and they sang praises to God and they worshipped the Lord and praised Him in that midnight hour, the Bible said it was midnight not necessarily when it was midnight I guess by the time but it was in that midnight hour. It was that dark hour of their life. They were able to praise the Lord anyway. And God sent an earthquake and, and shook the jail, rocked the jailhouse. Elvis didn't start the jailhouse rock. Hey, Amen. God, God had the jailhouse Rocking 2,000 years ago. And and knocked all the doors open and all the prisoners' chains fell off and they were all set free and the jailer got saved that night. And I I, I personally believe that those prisoners, prisoners. Found the Lord that night as well through that experience but it was all because it was all because here was two, uh, two Pentecostal preachers that decided to praise the Lord in the midst of their trouble. You can do that. The Bible commands us to do that. I'm not going to say that it's always easy to do that, but we do need to take time to praise the Lord in the midst of our troubles. But then you need to praise the Lord when He brings you out of trouble. After the Lord's brought you out of mess... After He's brought you out of a difficulty, after He's pulled you up out of a, a, a horrible pit, you need to praise the Lord, amen, for what He's done for you. It's amazing how many people that, that God will do something for and they'll just go right on without, without being thankful, without being grateful, without praising Him at all for that. But listen to what David said in Psalm 40. He said this, he said, I waited patiently for the Lord. And he inclined, his, he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit and out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. And he has put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Do you see what David did? David said, the Lord picked me up out of a horrible pit. He pulled me up out of the miry clay and he set my feet on a rock and I'm going to praise him for what he's done for me. I'm going to praise Him for getting me out of that mess. So we need to praise God when we're not in a storm. We need to praise God when we're going going through trials and in the midst of the storm. We need to praise Him when the trials are over because our battles are going to be won by our praise. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. Battles will be won when we learn how to praise the Lord. It was when Jehoshaphat, And Judah listened to the Lord when the Lord told them to set the singers out in front. He said, you'll not need to fight in this battle. Remember that story? He said, you won't have to fight in this battle. I am going to give you the victory. The battle, he said, is not yours, but the battle is the Lord's battle. And he said, I want you to put the praisers and the singers out on the front lines and go into the camp of the enemy saying, Praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, when they got the praisers together and they went out, that was the strangest battle tactic I'm sure that Jehoshaphat had ever seen or heard of. But he obeyed the Lord and the praisers got out there and the armies marching forth with the praise team leading the way and they're praising the Lord, hallelujah. And when they got there, the Bible said that the Lord sent ambushments against the the enemy and they got so confused, they began to kill one another. And when the, when, the, when the armies of Israel got there, the enemy was already defeated. God had already given them the victory because they learned how to praise the Lord and give glory to his name. There's victory, praise confuses the devil. He doesn't know how to handle all that praise when you're praising the Lord. Amen? Amen. So Jesus tells us then that we are to, to in our prayer time, to end that prayer time with those words, For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. The kingdom. Thine is the kingdom. The kingdom is the Lord's kingdom. He's talking about the kingdom of God. And uh, the Bible says, uh, tells us in the book of Psalms, the psalmist declared that the kingdom is the Lord's in Psalm 22. Jesus made the statement in Luke chapter 12, and He told His disciples that it was the Father's good pleasure to give to you the kingdom. Isn't that what He said? You remember that? When Jesus said, it's the Father's Father's pleasure, it's His good pleasure to give to you the kingdom. In other words, it, it makes the Father happy. It delights the Lord. It delights God to bring you into His kingdom. Now, I don't know whether you realize it or not, but there are two kingdoms. there's a kingdom of God. Satan's ruling over uh, Satan is ruling over a kingdom, the kingdom of darkness, and God rules over the kingdom, the kingdom of God. Amen? There's two kingdoms. and everybody here, you're either in one or the other. You're either in and I'm trusting everybody here tonight's in God's kingdom. Can- How many's in God's kingdom? Amen. Thank God, but uh, uh, that makes me that makes me happy. That excites me to know. You know, there was a day, there was a time I was in Satan's kingdom. I was in the darkness. That Satan is the Lord and the ruler of that kingdom, and those who are everybody that does not know the Lord Jesus Christ is a part of that kingdom. They're under the rule, under the power, and under the authority of Satan. Amen. That's why they live the, the lifestyle they live, to do the things that they do because they're servants and slaves of sin and a part of Satan's kingdom of darkness. I used to be a part of that. But there came a day when I called upon the Lord and I, and I, and I asked Jesus to come into my heart and I repented of my sins and the Lord got a hold of my life and turned my life around. And the Bible says in Colossians 1 that He delivered me. Come on, I tell you, I'm about to feel. He delivered us from the authority and the kingdom of darkness and translated us or transferred us moved us over into the kingdom of God's dear son into the kingdom of light praise God we're now children of the light sons and daughters of God and a part of his kingdom Satan has no more authority his kingdom has come and and, and And I'm a part and you are a part of the kingdom of God tonight. His good pleasure through the cross was to bring us into the kingdom of God's dear son. Amen. So when we pray, thine is the kingdom. We are praising, giving praise to the Father who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of His Son, into His kingdom. Praise God. And that's something to praise God for. Amen? Praise Him because He's invited you to be a part of His kingdom and declare to Him and give Him thanks that He will deliver you and I from every evil work. And this is what Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy. He said that the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and preserve me unto His heavenly kingdom. So we're in the kingdom of God right now. But praise God, listen, the kingdom of God that we're in in the spiritual realm right now is not the end of the story. There is a literal kingdom of God that we are all going to be a part of one of these days it's the kingdom of God that's coming to this earth yours is the kingdom and we are praising God that he's made us a part of his kingdom and he's glad you're part of God's kingdom tonight amen but then he said thine is the kingdom and the power Woo. oh my His, he is God listen God we, and I know everybody knows this but just in case you don't, God is all power. There is no power greater than the power of God. Satan has, doesn't even come close to having the power that Almighty God has. Are you listening to me? God has made the heavens and the earth. And the, the psalmist said this, that we will sing and praise thy power. We need to understand the power that the Lord has. The Bible says that He made the earth by His mighty power in His outstretched arm. He created everything that you see, everything in this earth. I mean, this was not, you know, it's not just some big bang. Well, yeah, there was a big bang. God said, let there be. And there was. Amen. That's the hallelujah. That's the big bang. Amen. Praise God. God spoke the worlds into existence. He created the heavens and the earth by his awesome, mighty, glorious power. Hallelujah. He made you by his power. He breathed the breath of life in you by his power. He is almighty God and all powerful and he's going to rule by his power forever and forever. Can I get an amen? Amen. Hallelujah. He's got the situation under control. He's still ruling and reigning on the throne in heaven. All power, Jesus said, all power and authority is given unto me. He's given unto him in heaven and in earth. Amen? Oh, we got to believe that tonight. But God, our Father, is a God of power. But He is also... He has made you and I participants of His kingdom and of His power. Now think about this for a minute. He gives power to His people. I don't know. You acting like you don't know if you believe that or not. But He does. He gives power power, His power, Holy Ghost power, and authority to His church, to His children, to His people. Amen? He gives us, the Bible says in Isaiah 14, 29, that He gives power to the, to the faint. In Psalm 68, 35, it says that He gives power to His people. 1 Peter 1, 5, Peter said that we are kept by the power of God isn't that what he said we're kept by the power of God 1 Corinthians 6 14 says that he will raise us up by his power Jesus said in Luke 10 19 to his disciples he said that he 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 had given to them and it goes for the church as well he said behold I give you power over all the power of the enemy did he say so he also gives us the Holy Ghost, and with the Holy Ghost there comes power. Does there come power with the Holy Ghost? Yes. Acts 1 and 8 Jesus gave them, told them to go and tarry in Jerusalem and until they were endued with what? power from on high. Clothed with power from on high. And uh, he, you know they tried, the disciples tried to talk to him and they said well when are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said that's none of your business. He said I want you to go and wait at Jerusalem and you shall receive power. Acts 1 and 8. He said you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me. So we can see from multiple scriptures in, in the world Word of God that God has provided for his people and for his church power from on high it's Holy Ghost power amen uh, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10 says be strong in the Lord and in the." power of His might. So are you getting an idea that we have something besides available to us tonight, something besides human strength, human power, human ability as a child of God born of the Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, we have His power. God has made available to you and I His power to abide in us. Amen. We have the greater one living within us. His is the kingdom, thine is the power, yours is the power. But thank God that through through the through the new birth, through the baptism in the Holy Spirit, you've made a, your power available to your church. Come on, who? Hallelujah! Now, if that's not something to praise the Lord for, I don't know what is. If your fire ain't starting to heat up a little bit, but now your woods needs to be dried out. It's wet. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. So we give praise. That's this part of this prayer. We're giving praise to God because He has invited us, made it possible through what Jesus did at the cross. He has made it possible. The blood that we sing about tonight, the blood of Jesus has made it possible for you and I to be partakers of God's divine nature and actually have actually have him to give part of some of his power into our lives to fill us with the power of the Holy Spirit. That is what he's saying to praise Him, that He has given, invited us to be a partaker of His power and made that power available to us. God, help us tonight not to be a powerless believer or to be a powerless church. We don't need, you know, there's, there's all kinds of, of church, uh, powerless churches but God help us tonight to understand and realize that He's made available His power for our lives. For yours is the kingdom. You've brought us into your kingdom. We thank you and praise you for that. Yours is the power. You are all powerful and almighty, but thank you that you've given us some of your power in our life. Amen? Amen. Oh, hallelujah. I feel that tonight. Amen? Amen. Jesus, Jesus, you know, the Bible says, had the Holy Spirit without measure. He had the fullness of the Holy Spirit. We have the same Holy Spirit. Not a, there's the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit is not twins. There's one Holy Spirit. And the same Holy Spirit that came upon Jesus at His baptism there at the Jordan River, that empowered Him, that anointed Him to do the works He did is the same Holy Spirit that lives and dwells on the inside of you and I, the same Holy Spirit that's in His church. And so, uh, you know, Jesus had the Holy Spirit without measure in all fullness, but we have the Holy Spirit in a measure. We don't have the fullness that Jesus did, but praise God, we do have The measure, a measure of the Holy Ghost, of the power of God in our lives. So that's something that we need to praise Him for, that He's made His power available to the church tonight. Amen? For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. The glory. What's the glory? What's God's glory? We talk about the glory. Lord, you know, Moses asked the Lord and said, Lord, show me your glory. I want to see your glory. We talk about the glory of God, and I think we, we, we get the idea that God's glory maybe is just to just to feel His power, just to feel His presence, just to be in His presence. But God's glory is, <clears throat> it is, when, the, when the, It is a manifestation of his, of his presence when the glory of God fills the church, fills our lives. But it's even more than that because God's glory is the manifested perfection of His character and especially of His righteousness. Now I want to say that again because I want you to get this. God's glory is the manifested perfection of His character. It's who He is. And especially the manifestation or the manifested uh, character of God being His righteousness. And all of us have fallen short, the Bible said, of the glory of God. Isn't that what it said? All of us have sinned. All have sinned and Come short, or fallen short of the glory of God. Fallen short of what? We've fallen short of God's perfection and of God's character and of God's righteousness. And we're not, through the fall, you know, God made Adam in His image and His likeness, but through the fall, He lost that. He lost that standing with God. And so we have all sinned and we've all come short and fallen short of the glory to God. But, but here's the good news, and here's, 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 here's what I want you to get tonight. God has, even though we've sinned, we've come back to Him, and God has made it possible now for that glory that was lost in the fall to be restored into our lives again through what Jesus did at Calvary. Now, that ought, that ought to light you fire, if anything, amen? Because He's invited us as believers to be partakers of His glory. Now, somebody said, well, I, I don't know. Are you sure about that? I, I'm, I, I believe that's what the Bible teaches, that what Jesus did at Calvary. Listen, and we've, we've talked about this before, that what Jesus did at the cross was to undo everything Satan did. And He was to get back and restore what was lost in the fall. Jesus got it back through His death, burial, and resurrection. And so He invites you and I as believers to be partakers of His glory. And through what He did at Calvary, through His shed blood, He brings us, when we accept Him, now listen to me, He brings us into His glory. In Hebrews chapter 2 verse 9, Paul says this, he says, But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that He, by the grace of God, should taste death, for every man. Jesus tasted death for me and for you. He tasted it there. The judgment of God fell on Jesus. That was due you and me. It fell on Jesus at the cross. So I'm in Christ. You're in Christ because we are in Christ. We'll never have to taste of that judgment or that condemnation or that judgment or that wrath of God. Amen. Jesus took it at Calvary. He's not appointed you and I to wrath. We're His sons and daughters now were in his kingdom. Amen. Amen. So he tasted death for every man. And then verse 10 says this For it became him, for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, listen to this, to bring many sons into glory and to make the captain of their salvation perfect. Through sufferings. See, his sufferings and the finished work that, that he did there at Calvary, when we accept the Lord Jesus, it says that, that, that he, through all these things, through whom all these things, he, he's bringing, he has brought many sons and daughters. The word sons there is a generic term, it means, you know, in Christ there's no male and female. Amen? not what the Bible says but he's brought us all many sons into glory Jesus is the captain of our salvation but he's brought us into his glory to partake of the glory of God what was the glory of God the glory of God is the manifest presence of God in his character his character especially his righteousness so when he brings us into his glory he's making us a partaker of his divine nature, character, righteousness, making us like Him. Come on! Woo. We all sinned and fell short of the glory of God but He's restored us back now and given us through Jesus Christ His very own robe of spotless righteousness and made us like unto Him again. So we that's something to be proud. I'm praising Him, Lord, that You've brought me back into that glory you've brought me back and made me made, made us as children of God to be a partaker of your divine nature doesn't mean that we're deity that's not what Peter meant by that but it means that we now have a new nature now that we're born again we have the life and the nature of God Romans Paul said in Romans 8 and you can just write this down and read it when you get home but in Romans 8, 17 and 18, Paul said that His glory in the future is going to be revealed in us when we receive that glorified body. And, his, and I do want to read this, but I'm going to close with this. In 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. Praise God. Y'all act like you're real excited. 2 Corinthians, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter number 3 and verse 18. Let's read 17. Now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. But we all with an open face, beholding as in a glass, listen to this, the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image. Whose image are we being changed into? We are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. There's degree, different degrees of glory. We're growing, and that's what that Scripture's telling us. We're we, we're being conformed every day, or should be every day being made more like Jesus and conformed into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we're not growing, you know, there, listen, there's only two directions you can go in God. You're going forward or you're going backwards. There's no, there's no middle ground just to stand still and be, you know, to be, uh, to be stable or no stalemate in God. You, you need to be being changed into the image of His Son on a daily basis from one degree of glory to another degree of glory. In other words, I'm I'm becoming more like Him every single day. Who's making that change? Are you making it? No. It says that we're changed into that same image from glory to glory, that glory being His character, His righteousness, being made more like Him one degree to the next, even by the Spirit of the Lord. It's the Holy Spirit who's performing that that work in your life, sanctifying you, uh, causing you to be more and more like Jesus Christ. Um, Stuff falls off. You have victory, amen? Uh, You have victory over stuff that you didn't used to have victory over. Come on, are you with me? Why? Because you're being changed and made more like Jesus every single day. Hallelujah! praise God that's the sanctification process and so that's what he's talking about giving praise to God because he has invited you to come in to his kingdom and be a recipient of his power and share in his glory and be a participant of his divine nature and glory and power I praise you for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever Woo, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Worship team, you can come on back tonight. Let me, oh, hallelujah. That's exciting to me. We praise you, Father, for yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. The kingdom is yours. The power is yours. The glory is yours forever. But yet, Lord, you have invited us to come in and be participants with You through Jesus Christ. And Lord, may we never enter or leave Your presence without humbly bowing before You and offering to You the sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving for what You have done for us through Jesus Christ, receiving those benefits of the cross in our life. Amen. Listen to what David said. Last scripture. Listen to what David said in 1 Chronicles 29 and verse 10. He says this. Wherefore David blessed the Lord before all the congregation. 1 Chronicles 29. And said, Blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power. And the glory and the victory and the majesty oh hallelujah for all that is in heaven and in the earth is thine thine is the kingdom O Lord and thou art exalted as head above all both the riches and honor come of thee and thou reignest over all and in thine hand is power and might, and in thine hand it is to make great and to give strength unto all. Now therefore, our God, we thank thee, and praise thy glorious name. I think we are to stand and lift our hands toward heaven and praise and magnify his glorious name tonight. Give him glory and give him honor. You are exalted, Lord. Yours is the kingdom.